You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Tech One Designs, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Transcanda Motorsports, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, W Wheels, and X-Brand Goggles. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. But with me on the line, we've got the candy man. That's right, the number 69 of Ronnie Stewart. Ronnie, how's it going, brother? Oh, it's going great. Thank you. Absolutely. You're uh, stuck in the middle of the desert, driving, heading off to uh, the next Supercross, which is in Arlington, Texas. How's the series gone for you so far? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're in transit uh, for the East Coast, which I'm very excited about. And... Uh, the season has been going pretty well for me. It did start off the way I obviously planned with uh, not making the first five main events, but um, that was just because I was just struggling mentally, and it didn't have uh, everything to do with one certain thing. It was just a lot of little things that added up. Uh, I was able to slowly overcome it, and then it was just great that the weekend you know, be able to put it together and get a good start and run up front and qualify for the first part of the season. So um, I would say that it's uh, going pretty well. Since last year, I didn't think my first main event until Indy. So I'm ahead of where I was last year, and that's my ultimate goal. Absolutely. You want to make some more mains. You want to be able to uh, put all those sponsors out there on the, in the big show, uh, on, the, on the main event, uh, and which you've done a great job of so far. Um, you've, you've exchanged the 606 for the 69 uh, this year. Uh, looks good on the bike. The bike looks great. You look great on the bike. You've got new gear for this year. Uh, and uh, all things look to be uh, looking up for you. Uh, you've hooked up with a little bit. Looks like you have a little bit more Suzuki support. And uh, and things are going well. How long have you been uh, developing this, uh, like, or, or working towards a professional career in motocross? So, uh, so that's a really good question. Uh, myself, I didn't really come through the amateur rank, so to speak. I, I never went did to race. Uh, I did race amateur, of course, and uh, you know, I was on the bike all the time. That was all I could ever think about and all I ever wanted to do was to be a professional motocross racer. So uh, I was definitely preparing for it. It took a little longer than than expected, but uh, that was just because I had lack of experience. I just grew up racing in my local area and never really expanding out into uh, the international team. So I never really had that national type experience with, uh, you know, high pressure and you know, the different things that go along with a real competitive event. So uh, in 2009, I raced the arena cross here to get my, my pro license. And that was cool. I liked it. Maybe not so much as I do now with Supercross. It's a real tight, intense environment. 
feet. It was a great stepping stone for me. Uh, but after that, I moved into doing national in the uh, summer of 2009. And since then, I've been doing uh, as best as I can, getting through as many races, as many super crosses, as many outdoors as I could. Uh, usually doing about half the super crosses, half the outdoors per season. Um, had a few injuries along the way. And then um, just last year, at the end of uh, 2013, uh, I was able to just really be in the right place at the right time. Um, and, you know, I was able to get a spot on to the two team now, uh, as well as the third penny graphic team, Dirk Andy. Uh, we had a couple of really good people uh, come together and just really form a great effort. So, Last year was the first year that I was able to really put my best foot forward and be a full-time racer, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I was just able to, you know, focus more and, and uh, have more time towards training and riding. Uh, had great equipment uh, about the same this year. We have Yoshimura doing our engine, co-circuit does my suspension. And, uh, of course, the Suzuki is a great bike. So... You know, I had great bike and great preparation. This year I was working with Sebastian Tortelli, and that has been amazing. So yes, all, yeah. in, all in all, it's just uh, snowballing in the right direction for me. So I could be more thankful that everything kind of started to uh, just get better and better. It's just really neat. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It looks like uh, everything's looking like... Um... Things are on the up and up for you. When when you guys, all you have to worry about is performing on the motorcycle, that's when you can perform at your best. And uh, it seems like putting you in a situation like that has been to your advantage. Um, what what has been uh, the, the biggest change in your program, say from uh, maybe not last year to this year, but uh, from from the years previous to uh, to moving forward with the, uh, the Dirt Candy team? Okay, so... Uh... The biggest thing, the biggest thing is, the biggest thing is having, first having good equipment and equipment that is consistent and safe. Yeah. So, so I was able to, uh, being on Team Dirt Andy, I'm able to have a practice bike and a race bike that are the same. And that's really, that's really huge because, you know, er, earlier on, and I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to this, they built this. You know, super decked out race bike, and it's great, and it has all this trick stuff, fast, but it's just so different than your practice bike. And yeah. that doesn't you, uh, especially in Supercross, where the feeling and the muscle memory is so important to have consistent equipment. You know, when you're practicing starts during the week, you want to be practicing on your race bike or something that is, uh, that the same. It's completely different if you're if you're starting on a top ticket, I mean, you know, if you're eating a, or you're, if you go to the race, works good for you, or then you feel worn. It's just different. Yeah. So, um, that is one thing. Um, another thing is, for me, you know, um, I am able to get through all the races, and, you don't have to worry about going from one week to another and the big top end speed, you know. 
our team, you know, we're still a small team. We don't have the resources like a top level team. You know, we still drive and uh, do our own mechanic work and things like that. But what we do have is we do have that, um, we do have that, that foundation to where we know that we're going to the races. We know that we're going there. We have the, the means to get there. And, you know, I really don't have to be as, as stressed out financially as I've been in, in the past. And that's something that is, um, it's a huge burden, you know, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're struggling, when you're really struggling and you're going more like a week to week type of thing, it weighs on you more than you realize. So, uh, you know, those are, those are two, those are a couple key things that are the big, are big differences that you can, uh, that makes, makes the biggest differences for me. Uh, also, also one thing is just, uh, being happy with the people that are around you. So, Everything with, uh, you know, your, your team owner or your other supporters, you know, teammates, uh, your personal life. I mean, everything, everything has an effect on you mentally and physically. So when you just have a, when you just have a good, uh, overall package, it shows on the track. Absolutely. I was going to ask, uh, like how you've gotten along with, uh, I guess one of your former team members now would be Brett Metcalf. He's not continuing on with the series, uh, once it goes East. Uh, but how is, how has that been as well as, uh, riding with the, uh, the other members of your team and just interacting, knowing that this is a team atmosphere, you've got the resources that allow you to, to race at the level that you know how to, and, uh, things are moving forward. How does that, how has that been for you? It's been, it's been awesome. This year, it was different having Brett Metcalf and having somebody like him. He's a, he's a higher profile rider and it's, uh, it's been cool to get to know him personally, but also just spend more time with him. We actually, uh, raced our own supercross track this month. So there's, there's, uh, quite a bit of days where it was just, uh, Robert, Brett and myself out there, and it was just really cool to have a laid-back atmosphere, but also be with somebody that is um, at a higher caliber. And, um, you know, it, I, it was it was really great to have him on the team, and uh, hopefully everything works out next year. It looks like uh, he could be full time on the team, and you know, if it all comes together right, it should be uh, a benefit to have him. It's nice. It's nice to chase him during the week, try to chase him down at the at our text track that we had and, you know, and they just see the results that he can get um, on a similar bike. It's fun. It's really cool. Excellent. Uh, so working with Sebastian Tortelli, obviously someone that a lot of riders grew up, uh, like, uh, admiring and looking up to, cheering for. Uh, what has been some of the greatest benefits that he's brought to your program as far as teaching and uh, and just, just giving you uh, some insight into things you're doing on and off the bike? Oh, Sebastian, I I did not know. Of course I knew him. Like you said, you grow up and you watch him. And, uh, he was uh, he's a two-time world champion, incredible athlete. But um, yes, I was skeptical at first at um, actually, just because, you know, I, I just didn't know him, and I didn't know if he was just going to be, you know, just all into himself, and I just didn't know how he was going to be as a trainer, and how he could really uh, pass on the knowledge, but uh, I was skeptical, but if I would have known, there would have been no question in my mind, 
You know, I had a couple different options before the season, before the preseason. And uh, question, because uh, he's been unbelievable. The, the things that he helps you with are um, the, the finest details with, uh, you know, how you're transferring the weight in between the obstacles and uh, how you're using your throttle and using the gas to, to get, you know, the most, uh, the most out of your bike and the most out of the track. It is just unbelievable the things that I learned from a technical standpoint. And then leading into the races, we were uh, more transferring our focus to the mental side of things. And the insights that he can give since he's been there and he's done done it before. You know, those Oh, and been through a lot too. A guy who literally like he went from the very heights to the lowest lows throughout a pretty storied career. Sebastian Dortelli himself was the individual that brought your motorcycle, the RMZ 450, into Supercross. He was the first rider. Um, did you get some great stories from him in terms of uh, the, the very early days of that motorcycle? Absolutely. It was it's unbelievable getting the insight from somebody like him. He had so much knowledge. You know, like you said, he helped develop, you know, a lot of these bikes that you see today. And he, and he just knows the ins and outs of them still. And, you know, there's certain components that, you know, he knows work better than others. And, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was so cool to, uh, to just get the inside, the inside scoop of him and, you know, get the real, get the real deal answer of, you know, or do these guys get nervous? Do these guys get tired? Because, you know, the Dungies and those guys, it seems like sometimes that they're indestructible, you know? Yeah, robots. Um, but uh, they go through the same, they go through the same challenges we do. They still get nervous about a, you know, rhythm section or nervous about the star or they doubt themselves behind closed doors or they get tired, you know? He, uh, you know, he informed me, you know, when he used to always hit the wall. So, so there you go. There's a top guy that always hit the wall, you know, physically at a certain period of time. Uh, but he was yeah. he was able to mentally overcome and uh, find ways to ride more efficiently to where he wasn't. Uh, he didn't slow down, but you know he was really tired. But he was able to overcome it, you know, by doing different techniques on the bike and you know working stuff mentally. And you know these guys they certain things that they do and certain things that I do as well during the week are to mentally prepare yourself. So, you know, of course, you're always trying to get better physical condition, but comes to long bike rides or high-intensity stuff where it's really difficult. It also makes you more mentally tough. And, you know, that's what helps you when you, you do hit that wall because everybody gets tired. Every single person gets tired out there. Absolutely. It's, 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 uh, it's not a, as much if you get tired or not, it's how you deal with it and how you, uh, solve that problem. Once that arises, I think we saw that a little bit with Tyler Bowers who, uh, this, sum, this last weekend, uh, like visibly hit the wall and went complete. He put that Kawasaki in reverse after lap eight. Uh, and, uh, the, the funniest part was I actually texted him during the moto. Like that was awesome ride as, and then he immediately went backwards and he laughed at me quite after that. But, um, it's 
one of these things like how how is uh, your training regiment changed working with a guy like Seb who's always in great shape uh, has he passed on some knowledge in terms of, of taking you on, on bike rides and, and and weight training and other stuff like that or is it predominantly on the motorcycle um, he has passed on uh, some of the things uh, you know I have a basic basic regimen of uh, what, what he did but uh, you know I really respect him because he doesn't try to be everything he understands that he's not, he's not, uh, you know, an athletic trainer. He's not a professional athletic trainer. And um, although he does pass on the basic principles and, you know, some of the things that he did, he really more or less, you know, passes you on to, uh, you know, a professional trainer. So we were working with Icon. We were working with, uh, in, in that gym. So, that uh, so I wasn't. We were doing, we were doing a lot with us, but just more on a more on a basic level. I've been I've been around for a little while. I've been with training and I was trainer. Um, I've also been trying to educate myself as much as I can. So I have a pretty good concept of of what it takes, you know, to get it done. Um, since I have worked with a couple of uh, world class athletes, actually, or world class trainers in the past for small bits of time. So I've gained I've gained uh, some experience and you know, it's basically just having somebody there that can help motivate you and and uh, make making sure you're doing it and you know, that's really that's really what it takes. So he was there and we were doing sprints and he'd go to the gym when we were there. Uh, I trained with a couple other guys that he was working with go to the gym, flew over Sia, making sure we're staying on track. So, you know, just, uh, just the moral support that we got from him on that end, um, that was good. But, uh, his expertise is in the, on the bike and, you know, in those stadiums. And that's really, that's really where, where the biggest benefit came from. And, you know, I, I got, like I said before, I respect the heck out of the guy because he just, he does such a great job. He puts a lot of, a lot of effort and hard into what he does and he doesn't try to be he doesn't try to be a know-it-all like you know i know everything about training i know everything about this you have to do exactly what i do he's not like that at all he's you know if something's not working for you we try something else we try a different method we try a different setup you know uh he really helps you individualize yourself and you know make it work for you now, uh, Sebastian Torcelli has long been storied of uh, being not only a snappy dresser, but uh, a guy who can cook. Have Have you been have been fortunate enough to uh, been uh, served a meal by the young man, uh, or uh, he's not such a young man anymore? But nevertheless, uh, I, I hear the guy can make a good quiche. So, uh, any stories whatsoever? No, actually, unfortunately, I've never had the privilege to really. Uh... We're just so always so busy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was never able to uh, sit down and talk dinner with him unfortunately, but maybe one day. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what are the goals going forward? We're leaving off to the East Coast, where you feel more confident, more comfortable. It, you've made more mains over there than you have in any other area of of the nation. Uh, what kind of goals do you set forward for yourself as you get yourself excited to uh, take on these Eastern rounds? I, I of course. Uh, 
I, of course, would like to keep, you know, getting in the main event, but really that's not my focus. My focus is uh, just getting better at each step along the way. Keep working on um, everything. So what I do is, you know, I break it down every aspect of the race, every aspect from your start to your opening lap, you know, breaking down your just raw speed from the cornering to your speed in the work and the grid section and how, how I'm using my body to manipulate the bike. And, you know, I'm really just uh, focusing on just keeping uh, the progression, keeping the, the momentum moving forward with my speed and my mental confidence and my start. So that's really what my goal is this weekend. It's not, you know, to, like, of course, my end result is, uh, to make the main event and finish top 15, but you have to start somewhere, and I started this weekend by breaking into the main event, and, you know, uh, I didn't have a great finish, but uh, I had something to build on for next week. So it's just a key building, but what I will tell you is my goal is to uh, surely top what I did last year, and that was 14th place. So that's my goal, is... Uh, my goal is to get close to that top, uh, that, that pretty far. And, uh, I really think that by the end of the season, that I can, uh, I can do it. So, it just keeps, it's just, uh, just to keep the ball rolling because I do have a lot of work to do to get to that point. But, I'm confident that I can surely get into the top 15 in the next, uh, five or six weeks. And then, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, get down into a low key. So that's, that's the goal. Absolutely. That's, that's excellent. Um, so the goal is to be uh, 14th or better uh, before the end of this series. What are the things that need to happen for you to get there? What needs to happen as far as your mental side of things, uh, your on-track performance, as well as your week-to-week pre- preparation that's going to allow you to get there? Oh, that's a really good question. So... Uh, one thing, one thing for sure is staying on top of my diet. Uh, I, you know, nutrition, if you don't, if you don't, uh, do your engine, your engine's not gonna run, it's not gonna run for very long, and it's not gonna be as efficient as it can be. So, uh, it's a big difference, you know, eating right and eating, uh, poorly. So, uh, during the week, staying committed, staying committed to that ultimate goal. Uh, so it starts with during the week, eating right, staying focused on my start, quick lap, and just keep working, like I said before, with certain things like through the rhythm section, there's a faster way to go through the rhythm. So if it's a triple, 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 okay, pretty standard. You do it every, you know, all the top 25 guys do it, but there's a faster way to go through, and, you know, that's using your throttle and using your knees right. So uh, I just have yeah. to continue. I just have to continue to work on the areas where I'm a little slower than than the top guy. And, you know, so I have to just continue to work on my raw speed because uh, if I can get a good start, if I can get a good start and I can, if I can sprint and have really good speed and intensity, for four or five laps, then it's just a matter of, then it's just a matter of, 
just clicking off the last, clicking off the last thing. I'm already confident in my fitness to where, uh, of course, I know I'm going to get tired, but I'm confident with Sebastian and with, with uh, 12 at Icon and with my past training with the base that I developed. I know that my fitness is uh, really, really good, and that's, that's not an issue. But I just have to get my my raw speed up because what happens is you go out, you go out, and if you start getting past right away, it takes your whole drive away. If, you know, you go into the turn, you go outside to jump a triple, and the guy comes to the inside of you, he passes you, he screws up the whole rhythm, and now you're on the first lap of the main event, and he didn't get passed by that guy that just passed you. You're gonna, you got passed by him, plus there's three other guys that just tripled. So now you just got passed by, you know, three other guys before you get into the next turn. And then you're in the next turn, so all of a sudden there's another guy right on you that's a little faster than you. So it's just, it's, you get swallowed up. If you're a little slower, you just get swallowed up right from the beginning. And for me to, mm-hmm. for me to finish in the low team, I need to stay up there uh, for a longer period of time, so that way I can get well ahead of the guys that are my speed and maybe a little faster. So the guys that I'm, I'm not racing, I'm not racing Ken Lawson and and Ryan Dunge. Unfortunately, that's you know that's it's unrealistic for right now. Hopefully one day, but for right now they're in a different league. I'm racing the guys. You know, for me to finish 11th place. You know, I'm raising guys like, you know, Kyle Chisholm, uh, Chisholm Albertson, you know, those type of guys that, you know, I, yeah, so I need to be, I need to be, uh, you know, uh, start ahead of them and then, you know, if I could, if I could start ahead of them. And stay there. Yeah. And do, uh, you know, five or six sprint laps. But from what I learned last year, is when I first started qualifying for these main events, I was like, oh man, this is crazy, 20 laps, you know, how can I do this? But then I realized it's really only like a 10 lap race. Because as soon as you get halfway through, everybody just is in their own, settles yeah, in. everybody settles in. So if I can get to the point where I'm out front when everybody settles in, um, you know, I could make it happen. So... You know, I just have to keep believing in myself that right now, you know, I don't have um, everything I need mentally to be that I could that I could be up front for uh for after that's what I need to work on it. The first thing to correcting it is realizing it and you know, knowing what you need to work on it. You know, I do believe that I'm a main event guy for sure, but for me to be, you know, closer to the top ten, I need to keep practicing practice that and that's something you do on the bike you don't do it off the bike you're not walking around saying you know i'm going to get some pen this weekend it's, you keep it to yourself keep working on things mentally and keep working on just being on the track and then you just let the um you let your results be the talk you surely don't want absolute so <clears throat> Uh, how uh, how was it to lead a few laps during the semi this weekend? Uh, I started out the first two laps leading in front of uh, Killian Rusk. Uh, he ended up passing you on lap 
three and uh, eventually your teammate got you on the fifth lap there but uh, how was it to get a start like that feel that clean air and uh and break away and uh finish in front of guys like uh uh well like partridge you name yeah. it like uh yeah. schmidt you, you you finished in front of all those guys how was that it was it was awesome like the feeling that you have when you're up front at a Supercross is probably exactly what everybody would imagine. I mean, it's, it is just, it's the coolest feeling being out there, you know, and it's, it's the, it's the moment where all of what you do day in and day out, it's that moment where it's all paying off, you know, and maybe it means more to me than anybody else because I'm the, you know, one that put in the work or maybe the, the people that are closest to me that help support and it needs to also up, but it is just, it is uh, so awesome not to have anybody in front of you and you know that you're the one out front, you know, um, it was great. But then, but then, um, I guess I would say I let the nerves get to me a little bit. I started to tense up just a little and, um, when I started to feel the pressure from, uh, from Ruff, I wasn't quite sure how aggressive he was going to be, you know, uh, and it would have been a shame to get cleaned out or whatever. So I seen that he started yeah. to come into the inside. I went outside the triple A, uh, to the rhythm and he just came to the inside of me and shut the door down. And I was just pretty, uh, you know, I, I did, I wasn't too aggressive at that point as soon as I, well, you're in a transfer position and yeah. all that. My uh, mental thing was a little different. Um, he was more in it to win it. And at that point, I was more in it to qualify. Uh, and and um, I really should have been a little bit more in it to win it. But, you know, I, I, just, I take things step by step. And rather than try to be a hero, I mean, first thing first is to get into the race. And, uh, you know, that is, it is something that I would love to do. To, uh, to qualify for or to, to win it. Am I? You know, if I get a little bit, when I get a little bit more comfortable being up front, I think it's something that's going to be a little bit more natural. Or if you get a little bit more confident that you're going to qualify, you know, if you have to go to the LCQ or whatever, then you, you take some extra chances. You know, and I really wasn't willing to take, uh, too many chances on the last two laps because I knew I had it, uh, solidified at that point. So, I just wanted to ride it in and secure my first my working event and and then go from there. So, you know, I had a little bit, you know, a more of a conservative approach, but that's uh I, I was a little spooked because I fell in my heat race. I fell over in my heat race, so I'm like, Don't do anything stupid, just ride ride it in yeah. and, and just get it in. You know, move on from there and do better next week. <laughs> But it was it was Excellent. it was a great feeling. Uh, really happy I was able to do that. That's that's absolutely amazing, and uh, good on you for doing that. Obviously, uh, being up front uh, does provide some nerves, but you handled it uh, quite well. Put it in the main, and uh, more to come. Uh, it's time for the Big MX three questions to finish off the interview. Are you ready? Hello. Seriously. Are we going to drop this call right now? Hello? Hello, hello? Are you serious? Third time to talk. 
Absolutely, no worries. I'll uh, cut all cut all that fun stuff out. Uh, it's time for the Big MX Radio three questions to finish off our interview. Are you ready for them? Yeah. Okay. So, who is the best at motocross video games that you've ever played against? Um, uh, you know, I haven't been in the video game scene for a while now. But oh, of course. But I, as a kid, uh, as a kid, who is the best? Uh, person that I know. Yeah. I would just say uh, uh, one of my old friends there. What was your favorite game to play back then? Oh, my favorite game was MX Unleashed. MX Unleashed. Uh, when was the last time that you were on a two-stroke? <laughs> I I was last on a two-stroke in 2003 on a 125. I've never I've never raced. Or had a two fifty two stroke. I just went. Um, I had a one twenty five, and then I went to four stroke in two thousand four. So two thousand three. What uh, what uh, early years four stroke did you jump to in two thousand four? This year, uh, I believe it was the first one. Uh, yeah, that's the first year. Yeah, the CRF two fifty Honda. Fair enough. Uh, and what is the what is the best and worst super, uh, track in Southern California? So the best track is is Glen Helen. Okay. And the worst track would be honestly any track that you go to that if they don't prep it, it's just really really hard pass scrapping. I would say that the, yeah. the worst one though is Race Town three ninety five. That one's not too bad. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of milestones. Fair enough. Well, you guys do head out there quite often, so I imagine that when it's not when it's not great, uh, it it really does drag on you. But uh, Candyman, it has been a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate you taking some time with me this evening to uh, go through your year, uh, let my fans get to know you a little bit, so that they have someone to cheer for. Uh, come uh, Saturday nights, uh, wish you the best of luck with your rest of your series. And uh, if you'd like to thank some sponsors, go ahead, brother. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show. And uh, first, I'd like to thank my family and my girlfriend, Brooke, uh, Team Dirt Candy, CRBC.com, Fugu, uh, Speaker Company, Never Summer Industries, Bellray, Shift Gear, Yoshimura, and uh, the list goes on and on. ISD Racer State, Hellbound Racing, uh, just everybody that, that supports us. It's, uh, it's really awesome. So can't thank everybody enough. And uh, if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, my uh, my name is r stewart and on Twitter is actually r stewart six zero six two. So uh, I think it's a little harder to change the uh, the handle on Twitter than it is for uh, Instagram, but. Like I said, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'll, I'll include your social media uh, um, links on the, the link to this on our website as well as on the iTunes. Uh, so that'll be uh, posted tomorrow morning. I appreciate you taking some time with me, my friend, and uh, safe drive, and uh, best of luck this weekend. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. 
check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.